welcome to Intuition Your First Sense. This is Vicki. And I this is another episode of Intuition 101, where we're building on our knowledge of what intuition is and helping to, I hope, streamline it, but also make it seem like less, less of a big deal that it's Yes, it requires some work and it requires some intention, but I just think we can make it a whole, we don't need to add stress to our life, basically is what I'm hoping for here. And giving some information and then you do with it as you will. So stick around and we will get into the second episode of the series for Intuition 101. Did you know that most people work with me as a coach because they want to move forward in their professional lives and then they realize once we start working together that it's a whole person approach and I am going to help them move through their blocks, their fears, some of the trauma they've experienced and to create a much more aligned life. So many times I hear, this is not what I thought I was signing up for. And that's such wonderful feedback to have because if you're signing up and working with a coach and everybody does it the same, are you really being seen as an individual? At Vicki Baird Coaching, I do it all as an individual and I would love to work with you. Go to vickibaird.com to check it out and see if you'd like to work with me. Thanks for sticking around. So the last time we, I, in the first episode, I talked about how, what intuition is and some of how to identify it, uh, given just some examples, because it's all, it's different for all of us. So for me to say, this is how you experience your intuition. Well, first of all, I think is a little egotistical. Um, I think it's, it might even be a little condescending for me to be able to say that this is how it comes for you. Now, when I'm working with someone or if they're in a class, I can definitely tell what their primary intuitive sense is, but that doesn't mean that I'm walking around with you all day. So your willingness to look at it and to assess as you go, it's going to be very helpful. So this next part is probably a little bit trickier than catching yourself acknowledging an intuitive hit. I call them hits um, when they come in or ping. If someone else is thinking of me and I'll send them a text and say, yeah, what up? Uh, that means I received a ping. Um, and it's just my own languaging. It's not necessarily the thing, but it's, you'll find that you describe it in the same way that, you know, in a way that resonates for you. So this next step, it can be a little bit trickier because when you're observing, you're in curiosity, you're, you're hoping to find it. It's, I think along the same premise as catch the kids doing something well, um, and, reinforce that not overly they don't need big old thinking that the world revolves around them heads but I think it does help to acknowledge that so last time that's basically what we're doing this time we're talking about expecting it to be there 
And the reason that's tricky is it comes with a level of trust. It, and it, sometimes it's blind trust. Um, and I'm not a fan of fake it till you make it, but I really do think that when we expect something to be there, it shows up. And that's part of sending a message out of emitting your own vibration to say, well, I expect this to be my experience. And not that you need to control it or that it has to be exactly as you see it happening, but that you just expect some kind of guidance to be there. We are great big satellite dishes. You know, the, the huge ones that used to be on top of TV and radio stations and all of that, or even the ones that are, you know, sent way out into space that our cell phone pings off of another kind of ping. So that's what we are. We're walking around as those things. So if it's already there and we already know that intuition is an innate ability that comes in as part of our soul, well then if you add expectation to it, it fuels it. It allows for those messages or guidance or feelings to receive or sorry to get to you to get to your receiver so and when you ha are in a place of expectation and you could say hopefulness um i like the feeling of i like the more definitive feeling of expectation when i expect something to happen again i'm not attached to the outcome however i <laughs> i have a certain level of energy within me that it's almost a foregone conclusion that this is going to happen. And some people see that as certainty. What I see it as a track record. I have been shown time and time again that when I hold a trust, things do work out. And it may not be how I explicitly saw them working out. It has always worked out to my higher good. So the when you have that expectation you're tuning in the dial you are finding the number on the dial that is your vibration you are finding the match for you from these frequencies so it's you know it's much like if you want to listen to 99.5 on the radio you have to plunk in 99.5 so expectation acts as that tuner um, to get it closer and closer. So the dial is the attention that you're giving to your intuitive guidance. Without you, without being a receiver and expecting the guidance to be there and tuning, it, some part of it will fall apart. And that's why I said this is sometimes the most challenging because you're juggling a few different areas and on top of that, asking yourself to trust in something that may not have happened yet. Um, one of the things that I will suggest to people is that you can trust in yourself. You have 100% um, success rate of being alive every day since you were born. So I take that as your confirmation that you have some practice with expectation. You expect to wake up the next morning, you did. Sweet. So by 
even if you don't have a strong expectation of your intuition just yet, you can borrow from other places that you've seen that happen. So when you focus your attention and set the inten intention that you're able to dial in, um, you can be a person who shifts their orientation away from the energy outside of yourself and places it on the guidance from your higher self, soul self, knowing self, doesn't really need a name, but that part of you that is the receiver. So this will help you to respond to life rather than react to it. So many people react and they're just spewing off energy. They're not taking it into consideration. They're not even thinking for themselves. I mean, just look at all of the articles and stuff that are shared on social media where someone doesn't even go to the source, do a little research to see if it's true or it, along the same lines, this dog is missing and you find out the post just by looking at the date on the post is 2017. And that's an example of reacting to life rather than responding to life. Connect the desire to share this information with your thinking head that says, is this in the best intention? Is this smart? You know, is this going to make me look like a doofus because I shared something where the dog has been home for three years, thankfully. Um, so it does take attention uh, to this. But again, once these things are loaded, they become autopilot. It really does. I don't think about these things anymore. I just had somebody interview me last week and asked about my process and I really had to think about it because it's so inherently a part of me that I don't think about this stuff anymore. And sometimes that's difficult because I want to explain it to you and I want to say, oh, do A, B, and C and that's how you'll get there. But then I have to think about, well, I don't even know how I did it. Um, and then articulate it and bring the words to it because I still put in a lot of effort to developing my intuition and it might not look like other people and I want you to feel, um, I'm not sure what the word is, free? We'll make it an easy word. I want you to feel free to develop your intuition the way you feel best. That doesn't mean that you have to get every book on chakras and crystals and oils and, um, communicating and uh, everything that's out there. It doesn't mean you have to. Maybe it means that you commit to really enjoying that first cup of coffee or tea or whatever your morning process is. Maybe that's your developing your intuitive moment um, and your connection to self. Because when I talk about developing intuition, it's just a cover banner for people to, <laughs> what I really mean is, how would you really like to meet yourself, know who you are through and through and love that person? How about that? But that's a really long statement and it's a really hard title to get on everything. So develop your intuition. Ooh, so much um, more direct and okay, it's a little bit uh, of a, screen for the other part, but 
I think they work hand in hand. The more you enjoy yourself, the more you have humor, uh, the stronger, definitely the stronger the intuitive side will be. So when you set the intention to dial in and be the person who responds rather than react, you are strengthening. It's like a sit-up um, or a side V crunch, whatever they're called, um, for your core, for your intuitive core. When we are in reaction, we don't make the best decisions. And we may take in other people's energy, which then takes us further away from our own center, our own vibration. So that's what I mean by you'd be a person who shifts their orientation away from the energy outside of yourself and places it on the guidance from yourself. I'm not talking about becoming so self-centered you don't care about other people. I'm actually, I think we care about people more if we don't carry their energy. But what I'm talking about is being aware of your own circumference. So, and, and the reason that this is all difficult is because trust is in the formula. Because after you are aware and you observe it and you expect it, you then will want to trust the information coming in. Um, sometimes trusting can be hard and sometimes trusting ourselves, especially if we've had some kind of experience in the past where we weren't heard or our own intelligence wasn't acknowledged. It can be very difficult, emotional intelligence as well as uh, cognitive. It can be very difficult to trust in something that is, by definition, non-physical and that doesn't pop up right in front of your face with the, the data, right? So. Although you can collect the data by affirming time and time again when you've hit on something. You might want to have a little notebook or have a folder in your um, notes on your phone that you can jot down when you got those hits or those pings. And then you can go back to that when it feels like you're not tapping on anything. Um, and that will help you to trust the information. It, this is often the most challenging part. It doesn't have to be, but it is. Um, if you feel something that resonates with you, go with it. Um, the first sense to come in, the first information is often the most accurate and trustworthy. Now, I really believe that our intuitive self works best when we combine our thinking brain our cognitive self, our factoring place. So get the intuitive hit and then run it by the programming of the brain. You can trust that the information is accurate and yet this would be exactly where, you know, if I get a, a incoming on someone, I get a hit on someone, but they haven't asked me for it, I can trust that my intuition is correct but I'm going to rely and uh, relay it and then rely on what I think is ethically sound and likely not share it because they work well together and it's rude 
<laughs> to just assume because you could see, feel, hear, intuit something that you get to share it with other people. You don't. You must have permission. Um, so where it may be difficult is, again, we may not want to trust our feelings or intuition because it goes against something that you'd like to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. So with the uh, receiving of information, it's not all, you know, unicorn farts and rainbows. Sometimes the information that comes in is painful. And, and sometimes it directs you into a, a place that you, you don't want to go because your emotional self or your ego wants the perk of whatever looks shiny in front of you and yet your own knowing is pointing you in another direction. So an example would be you apply for a job that you know is the best fit for you. So the description of the job, you can feel that knowing deep down inside that's solid and, and that you've trusted before and that you know you can apply forward. But when you go for the interview, you also feel like, oh, these are not the people that I feel are best to work for or the company. Um, but you, you want the perks that it offers, right? You want that stability or the vacation or the insurance or whatever it might be. So there you have a choice of listening to your emotions or do you listen to your intuition? Do you listen to the emotions that often, probably in the past have shut down an intuitive hit and you went with it and perhaps it didn't work out well? Now, if the situation isn't that you're going to be completely miserable, it might be worth spending some time there learning and seeing it as a transitional space. But when you listen to just your emotions, just about the perks, you could get yourself into a position that's, that's awful. And while it might take courage to say, I'm going to pass on this job offer in this particular business, you may have your answer in that you can appreciate the fact that your intuition told you that this is not the best fit for you. And this is also why it becomes challenging because you may not have any proof. There may be absolutely no one in that company that's willing to let you know that they're miserable too. Um, so there's a, this, this is where the trust comes in. And I've had opportunities presented to me where most materialistically based people would say I was an idiot to pass up, but it would have asked me to compromise who I am and how I like to work with people, you know, as people, not as numbers. And that just wasn't okay for me. So in, and then I find out later through, you know, communications or other people letting me know that not necessarily from intuitive hit is what I mean, but letting me know that 
you know, the company went through an overhaul or it's just a, you know, tyrannical place to work. And that is my validation, not that I needed it, but it's kind of nice to have it. So it's listening to both and letting them both have a place at the table in discussion. And when you learn to do it, I think this is part of the balance that we're here to establish within ourselves as physical and non-physical beings. When your physical self ceases to breathe and your heart ceases to beat, you still exist. So these lessons and messages and learnings go with you. And I don't know about you, but I'm trying to put as much in there as possible while having fun at the same time. So you want to bounce it between the two. It might be that part, and we know I think the ego is adorable, but it might be that part of the ego that wants the prestige or the title or the um, accolades for having achieved it. And yet the gut, which is, by the way, your solar plexus, and that's the third chakra up, the yellow one. Well, Westerners give it a color, but it's so the yellow one. And that's our first place of intuition. That's where we f- get our feedback um, or receive our messages. That's why trust your gut is said, because intuitively, energetically, uh, psychically, metaphysically, all those adverbs, it comes in through that sense first and then you learn to bring it up to your third eye or to your claircognizant um, but in 99.999% of the people it comes into the gut first so that question of asking yourself I like to fast forward myself and I'll say in all scenarios how would I feel if I took this and I couldn't look myself in the mirror because I didn't listen to who I was. Um, I feel like that a lot of the times we feel that pressure to, you know, climb the corporate ladder or to get more people. Um, In my business, well, in entrepreneurial life, there is a, in marketing, there's a suggestion that you put out, follow me and I'll follow you, um, as far as social media. Um, the, and then there's also purchase of lists and everything. And I've refused to do that. And so I know some other people who are in this group that I'm, I, I participate for a course I took, um, through Amy Porterfield, they say the same thing. Like that's not the way they're going. They want genuine, authentic followers people who are interested in their work and that are aligned with whatever their message is. And that's how I feel too. There, of course, you could, I could get a broader reach and I could be, you know, um, on a lot more feeds, but if it's not with someone who chooses to be there because they want to be there, I don't want to be part of that. Because when, what it comes down to is I have to answer to me and I have to feel good about that. I love people coming to my page because they saw something in it or they're hoping that whatever message I had there could help them. I love that. 
but that doesn't mean I'm obligated to follow them either. I do look at every profile I, and I, sometimes it's every three months. So if I haven't followed you back because, and it's been a week or so, oh, it'll get there. It'll get on the calendar eventually. But um, if there's someone that I resonate with, even if I don't know what the heck they do, I will absolutely follow back. And this is the integrity of intuition, development of whole self development. You know, so it's, we have to be good with who we are and there's already enough message in society to lie to ourselves or to be outside of ourselves. Because if I have, I don't even know how many followers I have on Instagram, but if I have, you know, 500 followers and I don't have 10,000, does that mean that my work has, or my message has even less of a value? I don't think so because I could have 10,000 followers and, you know, six, the 8,500 of them could be false. And I just think the more in tune we are with ourselves and the more honest we are with the, within ourselves, the more likely our tuners, our receivers will work. And it's that part of the ego and letting go of that part of the opinion of others that will help you lead a truly intuitive life because when you tap into your own knowing, it's very likely you will say no to someone else. So did you hear that? The, when you are connected to what and knowing what is in your best interest, there will likely be a no that you give someone else. Hopefully you say no thank you because maybe before you were more worried about how it looked or how you might be judged or what other people are thinking. They're not thinking about you as much as you think they're thinking about you because they're too busy worried about other people thinking about them. Um, it's kind of nice to be in that place of, I hope people are thinking about me and then you just leave it there, right? Because I hope they're thinking, Oh, geez, she's funny. Or I'm so grateful that she put that post up today. Or what is that rabbit doing again today? You know, those kind of things rather than, oh, geez, you know, are they upset that I haven't gotten these <laughs> courses up that I've said I would um, so long ago? I, like I could let myself go there and that would be the ego and that would be other people's opinions. And it's one of the questions I ask myself is, is this enhancing your own connection with you or is this taking away from it? So you may have to say no thank you to someone else because it just doesn't line up with you anymore. It doesn't feel right. And that's a valid answer, by the way. That's a valid response to someone. You don't have to give a reason. However, if your reason is it doesn't feel right, if somebody said that to me, I would want to hug them. I, I would be like, you rock listening to what feels right for you. You know, bring it in um, post-COVID. It takes a lot of strength to stand in that and what you feel and know that others might think you have lost your marbles. It's worked really well for me. So, you know, um, 
And, and those that think you've lost your marbles, well, they eventually roll away and there's less work to be done there. So trusting your intuition means trusting yourself as well as the help from spirit. It's so liberating and you'll learn patience because again, you may not know why you're venturing out. Um, you may not know why you're reaching out to someone or why you decided not to go to that party and then you find out later it was a hot spot, right? So it, it will teach you patience that you didn't even realize you could possess because it's also the patience and practice that is necessary to develop that intuitive connection with yourself. It's already there. It just needs a bridge. It needs a connecting harness um, or a relay switch, if you will. Um, so this part of Intuition 101 is just like all the others. All of this is action-based. We have to, it's like having 10 tabs on your computer screen open. You might be looking at one tab, but the other nine are staring back at you. That's a bit what running your intuitive self is like. Um, and the experience of it doesn't have to be overwhelming though. It doesn't have to be, I feel too much. I can't shut off other people's energy. Um, in some of the, the, the follow-up, I'm going to talk about the ways to uh, create that boundary with other people's energy and you know, honestly, yours, because it's not just other people that are leaking and spreading everywhere. Some of the most well-intentioned people I know will spew their energy my way. And I'm like, nah, back it up, back it up. You didn't ask to come in. Uh, so we will be covering that too. And this, it's all, it might be 10 tabs, but I promise you, it's not like 10 tabs yelling at you the whole time. They just sit in the background waiting to be called upon. <laughs> uh, and the peace that it brings anyway uh, is so worth it because eventually you learn to depend on it so much that even when circumstances are, are nutty um, and feel like you're, the, the earth is tilting and you're sliding off of it, you just trust that there's going to be some kind of I keep seeing a trampoline, but with some kind of trampoline that you can repel back up <laughs> and grab the earth again. So we will talk about those. Um, well, I'll talk about them. Uh, feel free to contact me. Any questions you have, uh, if there's a subject about this that you'd like to hear, I will do my best to get an episode out. Uh, certainly if I know about it, I'll get an episode out quickly. If not, I'll find someone who knows about it and we'll have them on for an interview. So thank you for being interested in this topic. And for those of you listening all over the world, it is my pleasure to be part of your experience as well, even if we don't know each other in person. So thank you ever so much. And I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. 
As always, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a review and take a minute to share it with a friend. You can find me all across social media at at Coach Vicki Baird, and you can book a virtual session with me from wherever you are in the world at vickibaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thank you again and see you on the next episode.